lot of people I meet in animation, they are kind of outsiders. Growing up, I was very shy, very private. And that's why drawing and these very kind of solitary experiences, because I did feel outside of society or outside of the group of people. Thanks for doing this with us. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. Why don't we start at the earliest movie-going experience from your childhood that you have? Yeah, I think those first movies you you see, I think, are so formative. You know, I think, and for me especially, being in animation, like, those were my first experiences. I had grown up in Ojai, California. You know, I don't know if you know Ojai, very small town. We have one movie theater there. At the time, it was called the Glasgow Playhouse, and they on the weekends were showing uh, like matinees of old Disney revival movies. It made such an impression on me because it was a small town. Like my parents dropped me off. You know, I must have been, I don't know, seven years old. But since it was such a small town, they're like, okay, here you go. Spend the afternoon at the movies. And I remember seeing those those Disney package films, which I really love from the 40s. It was like Three Caballeros and Make Mine Music. Those were extremely important. In fact, they showed Jungle Book was another one there. And that one really changed my life. It had this Xerox quality to it, you know, where they they didn't uh, hand ink the the drawings. They just, they Xerox them onto the cells and painted them. So there was a real kind of visceral quality. And that's a style they were doing kind of near the end of the 60s when Walt had passed away. And I just remember, yeah, that, that really had an impact on me as far as going, oh, wait a minute, people make movies. And it was really great because right across the street from the movie theater was our one drugstore. And there is where I bought my comic books. And they actually had like a Jungle Book comic book. So I took that thing home and I started drawing off of that comic book. Oh, really? So, yeah. Like this is, where it, this is where it came from. And literally by the movie theater was the library. So I could walk from the movie theater to the library. And I just started teaching myself like, oh, yeah, there was people who made this. In fact, there was a guy named Walt Disney. Hey, that's my name. And we had the same birthday. I was like, okay, this is this is destiny. This is my career, you know? Yeah. And the music is so good in Jungle Book. Oh, so good. Those songs. I mean, again, you know, just that that combination of animation and music, you know, which is what I really wanted to at some point in my career. And I really got to do it. The last film was really kind of meld those things together. Do you remember how old you were around when you would have seen this? Yeah, this must have been. I mean, it's very early, like, seven, eight, nine, you know, so it's like pretty young. I think, you know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't drop my kids off at the movie theater, but you know, I live in Los Angeles. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> a different yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> I think just sitting there in the theater by myself, you know, feeling independent, having this kind of, you know, almost religious experience in the movie theater really cemented you know, this goal of mine to, to be involved in the movies, even though, you know, going to the movies is a very you know communal experience. You're there in the theater with everyone. But I, a, a number of times I found myself like in the theater, just having this intimacy with the filmmakers. Were you drawing comics? Like, were you involving storytelling at this time yet? Yeah, absolutely. I wish I had some of those things, but that it's a way of you know, making your own movies with zero budget, you know, with just a, a paper and a pen, it's like you can start, you know, what what I didn't know at the time was storyboarding. You know, it was kind of comics, mm. which I ended up 
really growing to love. And I have a, I still do comics today. I have an Instagram comic I do, but before I even knew what it was, because I spent the majority of my career being a board artist, was I was doing storyboards. So then jumping forward a little bit, taking us to your adolescence, is there a, a moment around that period that sticks out to you? I mean, I was immersed in film. You know, there was an explosion. I call it, you know, my first film school where I spent a lot of time. You know, there were so many discoveries after Disney. Probably the next big experience for me was probably E.T., you know, watching it there at the Ojai Playhouse. So maybe I must have been, I don't know, 10 or 11 around that time. And just falling in love with that movie and having an awareness of the cinematography in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I think just a peek behind the curtain, like, oh man, the, the artistry behind this stuff and just really, really feeling connected with that. E.T., as, I mean, you mentioned the photography. I, when I saw that as a kid, it, it definitely made a huge impression on me too, because it felt like it emphasized Elliot's perspective. It felt like from a child's height. I feel like that really made a huge impact for kids. You know, like I never really thought about camera height being so impactful, but. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, literally being in Elliot's point of view, I think is why, you know, yeah, feeling so connected to it when you're younger. Yeah. You know, and just the level of artistry or the way he, the performance in that. And you're right. And the cinematography and being in his, being in his POV, I think it was just so connective. And and do you remember that first ET experience? You said you saw it in the theater. Do you remember if you're with <laughs> friends or family? Yeah, again, and this kind of is in line with what I was saying. I sound like a very lonely person. At that point, you know, we lived pretty close to town, so I could walk. You know, no longer did I need even my parents to drop me off. It's like I could walk from my house to the movie theater even even at night. I was, you know, like I said, I must have been around 11 at that point. And sitting there alone and just having this experience, I think, was, again, kind of empowering being by myself and also, uh, you know, just so immersive. I think when you're not (laughs) sitting next to one and worrying, I'm always worried, like, oh, someone enjoying this next to me. It's like you don't you don't have to have that experience. You just get to get enveloped in it. You're really just kind of absorbing things for yourself and learning about your own emotions. Yeah, yeah. I I bet it is quite common. I mean, not to create a generalization too much, but a lot of people I meet in animation, they are kind of outsiders, people who didn't really kind of, weren't necessarily into sports or these kind of things. You know, they had these private life and they're a little bit of an outsider. I was a pretty shy person, which I definitely had to break out of to be a storyboard artist and a director. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I was very shy, very private. And that's why, you know, drawing and, you know, I I play music a little bit too. You know, again, these very kind of private, uh, solitary experiences because I did feel outside of society or outside of a group of people. Did you have VHSs at the time? Yeah, definitely. Because I was the 80s. And so as I was getting older, you know, I spent so much of my time at the video store. You know, I started renting Spielberg's older films and Brian De Palma. Was Phantom of the Paradise uh, a big movie for you as a kid? I love that. With the musical <laughs> element? I, I Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. That's, that's a fantastic movie. Good for nothing, bad in bed. Nobody liked you, you better off dead. Goodbye, goodbye. We've all come to say goodbye, 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 goodbye. Just that of the rock feel to it, that whole rock opera. Yeah. That's a great movie, that Phantom of the Paradise. I don't think it gets mentioned enough, but it's really fantastic. Just super broad and bizarre. That Paul Williams soundtrack is amazing. It's so good. 
what kind of music were you interested in around this time? Yeah, I was definitely a musician. My mom would always, even when I was really younger, she uh, she liked to go to garage sales there in Ohio, <laughs> and she always would pick me up instruments. I had everything, you know, I had a banjo and a Casio keyboard and eventually guitar. During that time, I was really drawn to, and this is you know mid '80s. I really loved Prince. And I loved, uh, again, there in Ojai going to see Purple Rain, you know, it was like a, a movement. You know, I became obsessed with it. At school, I was known as the Prince guy, you know, like I was so obsessed <laughs> with the music, with the film. It was like the first concert I had seen. I came down to Los Angeles at the Forum and yeah, I was 14 years old. My mom, again, dropped me off. You know, she was very, <laughs> she was very supportive of any, anything I wanted to indulge myself in. And, you know, that was quite an incredible experience. With Purple Rain, it's music and movies. You know, I definitely see this theme happening in my life. You know, I think around that time, I'd also, I was in high school, I'd seen, again, at the Ojai Playhouse, you know, which was my home away from home, I went to go see Blue Velvet, you know, which was just, that was a big one. David Lynch was such a character, you know, as a director. I close my eyes. No! Johnny, Mama loves you. That movie just had a profound impact on me. I remember writing papers on it. Uh, from my English class in high school, I think I was the only, <laughs> I think I was the only kid who had seen that film. Oh, and also, I guess big music moments in Blue Velvet, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Just that main track, you know, so effective. She wore blue velvet. You know, I think uh, Scorsese too. Watching a lot of that, like the the way he used music in the films was so exciting. I mean, I definitely grew up liking musicals, but just being able to see it used in this new way to really propel the narrative with rhythm, but keep, you know, keep the narrative momentum going with the music, but not having to be in a traditional musical sense. You know, even though I was a fan of like singing in the rain and this kind of thing, but I think it, it did make a huge impact on me. And it was kind of a big revelation. It was also something I could do at home with my video camera, you know, to make the films feel richer. Cause at that point I started making little films, you know, we, I had done eight millimeter films with a friend of mine, but then kind of, Oh, you know, moved on to the, when we had these giant tanks of video cameras, you know, at the time, and we were, we were making our own horror movies, but we we're also able to lay down a song, you know, maybe not perfectly cause we didn't have the gear, but Again, starting to use like known songs or pop songs to give more texture to the film. You see, I had to drive over to Sandy's place and then get back to the grave. I had briefly after high school gone to San Francisco State just for a beat because they had some animation programs there. I was just waiting to go to CalArts, which was still a hard school to get into. You know, it was started, it was Chenard. Disney had started it in the 60s. It became California Institute of the Arts. And everybody who was in animation had gone there. I did everything I could to get into CalArts focus 24 hours a day on drawing. And that's what I did. And I got in. You know, speaking of a big alumni of, of that school, was Tim Burton of particular interest to you at this time? He was huge. You know, and the fact that he went to CalArts, I think, was a big inspiration for me. You know, when Pee Wee came out, which was right around the time of Purple Rain, you know, I was a big fan of that and going, man, who made this? And seeing that, you know, 
Tim had gone to CalArts and he worked at Disney. And then Beetlejuice came out, which I was a big, big fan of. And then I think my last year of high school, it was, I remember going to this movie, uh, I'll tell you why, well, Edward Scissorhands, which I thought was fantastic. My friend and I, because I didn't drive, I convinced my friend, like, you got to drive me down to see Tim Burton's new movie. This is the last year in high school. And it's playing down in LA, you know, before it opens anywhere else. He's like, okay, he's going to borrow his his stepdad's car and he's going to drive me down there. And we saw it and it was incredible. I thought it was an absolutely beautiful movie. But on our way back home, my friend crashed his stepdad's car. <laughs> Just scratched him, really. It's okay. You can't touch anything without destroying it. And so he had to call his stepdad to come down and get us. And he was so mad and he could not understand why you would drive all the way to LA to go see a movie. Those next movies that I started to enjoy at college, like Barton Fink and I think The Player, movies that, that took place in the setting of making movies. Joel Levison's office? No, I'm sorry, he's not in yet. May I take a message? I remember watching a lot of Robert Altman. And again, having those kind of private experiences uh, with his films, you know, he really let the actors go, you know, where they are improving. And it felt like it was a great combination of realistic, you know, almost documentary-like. At the same time, the films were very highly stylized, you know, so perfectly composed and shot. And yet, you know, the actors and the performers were so naturalistic within that design. You know, I was just really drawn to it. Yeah, and his, the beautiful way he used music in the film as well, especially all those songs in McCabe and Miss Miller. Now you hate to watch another tired man lay down his hand like he was giving up the holy game of poker. And while he talks his dreams to sleep... I'm also curious about comedy. If you're interested in stand-up comedy or comedic movies, I certainly relate DreamWorks and and their work, particularly in the '90s and and then in the 2000s and and now, pushing into a more modern comedic style. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the main you know when you think of DreamWorks films because we don't have a house style. You know, I think one of the the main attributes of a lot of the DreamWorks movies and why I was even hired is the comedy and that the comedy is a little subversive. Yeah, it's something I, we haven't really talked about, but. That's been a big part of my life and my influence and everything. If we go way back, you know, to Airplane, you know, growing up, that was like my main movie. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. As a shy, lonely person, you know, you develop this comedic sensibility to survive in the world. Mm -hmm. That became my strength. It's how I, you know, it's how I avoided getting beat up in high school <laughs> was with humor. I think eventually how I forced someone into fall in love with me was with humor. It was, <laughs> it was how I got my job at DreamWorks was, you know, pitching jokes. You know, you know, I became that guy. Taking that as a kind of road into the post-college, is there a, a movie around this time? Time that sticks out to you? Gosh, what was that? Like the end of the 90s, I guess, is kind of when I started my career. There's, a, I would say there are three filmmakers. And again, I think kind of their first, the first three films, maybe it wasn't exactly their first film, but around the beginning of their career, it was uh, movies by Spike Jones, Wes Anderson, and P.T. Anderson, I think were really exciting to me as three new filmmakers. It was being John Malkovich, Rushmore, and Boogie Nights. 
far as the design aesthetic and how they approach the film, it felt, you know, I know Wes Anderson discovered storyboarding and now he only storyboards his films. And I'm sure P.T. Anderson did too, you know, they were so particularly designed and so beautiful. Those were big inspirations to me. And, and at the time, I think, you know, I was storyboarding on SpongeBob. That was kind of my first storyboarding job. And I was just starting to get into boarding on features. So I was you know, able to really watch these films closely and apply them to my own scenes that I was drawing at work. And I assume you were living in Los Angeles at this time. Do you remember yeah. kind of where you were living around? I was in Glendale, you know, so we were, I was I was close to the studios. I'm in Silver Lake now. And like, that's where I was always my goal. Like, I got to get there. I made it. This is, you know, we, I live around the corner from the Gelson's, which used to be the Disney studio where they made Snow White. And, you know, that's my preferred grocery store <laughs> because of the legacy there and the history there. Yeah. And then is there a recent movie memory uh, that really struck a chord with you? I was trying to think. It's been so busy. Most recently, my favorite film was going to the theater with my wife and seeing um, Jojo Rabbit. Great news. You've just been promoted and you get your own pistol. Just go and shoot anybody who looks different to us. Okay. Okay. Ah! Jojo Rabbit is so great with the tonal exercise that that was, the beautiful design of it, you know, combining humor with this part of history was an incredible contrast. That was a great movie. And you saw that with your wife. Yeah. We went down to Arclight. It's so great. You know, I have two new kids. My son just turned three today, but I have a six-year-old too. We don't get to do a lot of stuff. So when we do get to have a date, and I think that's what made the film even more enjoyable, that we got to go have this experience together. My entire career, there's always that, will the industry survive? Do people still want movies? And we got the answer that even in times of crisis, people do turn to movies to connect with, to escape to. And as a content creator, it's like, I felt good. Like, okay, you know, we, we're still going to be making things. And that's what I like to do, make stuff. Thank you for speaking with us. Yeah, thanks, Joey. I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You uh, brightened up my day and I feel good. This series was produced by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences.